looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. This is a very significant historical election. This crisis is still damaging, especially Finnish and European economies very hardly, and that's an important reason to get more and more co- cooperation. And uh, what we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of uh, Tiwonge and uh, Stephen, and also we see Malawi violating its international commitments. Well, the position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting for marine species in particular. African Dialogue, a talk show where we cover anything and everything. Very good morning and welcome to another interactive installment of the African Dialogue. You tuned into Channel Africa, your gateway to Africa and the voice of the African Renaissance. I'm your host, Zikon Amison, and we're currently on the frequency 9625 kHz. That's on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. Today on the show, we'll be discussing the elections, which are currently underway in Zimbabwe. It'll be a very interactive show, so be sure to get tweeting, to get Facebooking, to get SMSing on the show as we get your sentiments around exactly what's taking place in Zimbabwe as we speak. But before we get into that, let's get an update from the news desk with Anne Musa. In the headlines, Zimbabwean police investigate the theft of voters. In the headlines, Zimbabwean police investigate the theft of voters' role in the country's Midlands province. Rwanda dismisses U.S. charges that it was supporting M23 rebels in the DRC and South Africa's National Defence Force's newly established Education Trust Fund hailed. Good morning. Zimbabwean police say they are investigating the theft of voters' role in roles in the country's Midlands province as voting continues in the country's election. Police spokesperson Charity Charamba would not elaborate on investigations but says arrests will be made soon. Meanwhile, voting appears to be going smoothly and peacefully across the capital despite long queues at some polling stations. Analysts see Zimbabwe's incumbent president Robert Mugabe as the slight favourite of opposition leader Morgan Tsvangirai's in today's election. They say the advantage is the result of Mugabe's control over media, security forces and electoral processes. AU and SEDEC observers are seen as likely to certify the polls as free and fair. Analyst Brian Raftopoulos. With more than 6 million voters on the voters' roll, voters braved the early morning chill and started queuing at almost 10,000 voting stations across the country. It's expected to be a long day with long queues of people and a voters' roll which parties have not had time to scrutinize. 
Rwanda has dismissed U.S. charges that it was supporting M23 rebels in neighboring Democratic Republic of Congo. Western donors have stopped some aid to Rwanda last year after U.N. experts said Kigali was backing rebels in eastern Congo. U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry last week led a U.N. Security Council debate on the Great Lakes and urged 11 African nations which signed a February deal brokered by the United Nations on ending fighting to respect Congo's sovereignty. The United Nations has given rebels in the eastern DRC 48 hours to disarm around the city of Goma. The UN organization Stabilization Mission in the Democratic Republic of Congo, known as MONUSCO, released a statement saying the rebels should disarm or face the force, the use of force. MONUSCO gave the M23 rebels till tomorrow to hand in their weapons to a MONUSCO base or the peacekeeping mission would use its new mandate against them for the first time. The new mandate allows the creation of a special unit called the Force Intervention Brigade to carry out targeted offensive operations against armed groups rather than merely protecting civilians. South Africa's National Defence Forces newly established education trust funds to assist children of its members who died in the line of duty has received the thumbs up from the general public just minutes after it was announced. Chief of the SANDF Major General Soli Shoke says the initiative began after the Battle of Bangui in the Central African Republic. The SANDF chief says the benefits will be extended to all next of kin of soldiers who have died in active service since 1994. During the month of March, uh, we suffered casualties in the Battle of Bangui, where our uh, soldiers performed exceptionally well against a force of 3,000. So after losing 13 people let ago, we felt that we, we need to set up an education trust fund to ensure that we look after their dependents that they leave behind. This is our belief and our feeling, and we strongly feel so that a uh, a person who dies the line of duty in service of the nation is or her dependence should not be left to be destitute. Recapping the top stories, Zimbabwean police investigate the theft of voters' roles in the country's Midlands province. Rwanda dismisses U.S. charges that it was supporting M23 rebels in the Democratic Republic of Congo and South Africa's National Defence Forces' newly established education trust fund hailed. That's the news for this hour. A big thank you to Anne Musa for that news update here on African Dialogue. And of course, as I mentioned earlier today, we are discussing the elections which are currently underway in Zimbabwe. Of course, looking at how things are going to unfold in that country today with the whole world watching uh, for today's elections and to see exactly what is to happen. Remember, you still tuned in to African Dialogue here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. The time is just gone seven minutes after 11 that Central African time, and you're welcome to interact with us as this is going to be a very interactive show. This is, of course, you can do so via Facebook and Twitter, or you can simply SMS your views to plus two seven eight two three three two five nine zero five. That's plus two seven eight two three. 
325905. My name is Zikona Miso. And just as a reminder that African Dialogue does come to you every Monday to Thursday. That is at 1100 hours Central African time. Now, joining us today in this discussion, we've got Tiseke Kasambala, who is the Southern Africa Director of the Africa Division of the Human Rights Watch. Good day, Tiseke, and welcome to African Dialogue. We also have on the line uh, Wellington. We also have on the line Pilani Ndebele, who is an Action Support Center and uh, at the Secretary of the Regional Zimbabwe Solidarity Forum. Good day, Pilani, and welcome to Channel Africa. Good day, and thank you for having us. Okay, we also have Wellington Zindowe on the line, who is the National Coordinator of the Zimbabwe Youth Forum. Good day, Wellington. How are you feeling today? Uh, Good day, thank you. Also on the line, we've got our reporter, Simon Muchema, who is currently in Zimbabwe. And of course, as I said, we are discussing the elections there in Zimbabwe. We'll be able to get a sense from him of what's happening on the ground. Good day, Simon. How is everything this morning? Um, uh, it's a bit chaotic, although in some polling stations, everything is above board. But uh, it appears there are some irregularities which have already been unearthed. Is well, Simon, just oh, hold that thought. Hold that a, thought there, problem. Simon. Uh, we're going to be just uh, getting deeper into that conversation with you. Hold on the line, uh, just to get a sense of what exactly we're talking about today. Zimbabwe's national elections are currently in full swing. If you did not know, and today on African Dialogue, we take a close look on how the voting process unfolds amidst tension between the two main oppositions, namely Robert Mugabe, ZANU-PF, and of course Morgan Tsvangirai's Movement for Democratic Change, which is the MDC. Now, now, the question in everybody's mind at this time is who will come out victorious and will everything play out incident-free? Now, as I said, we've got Simon Muchemwa on the line, who is our reporter, who is currently based in Harare at this very moment. Simon, just tell us what the latest is on the ground. Yeah, Prime Minister Morgan Chandrae just cast the vote. Uh, he was accompanied with his wife at Mount Pleasant High School. Uh, there were hundreds of people. It was almost a three-kilometer uh, long queue of people waiting to get their vote. Uh, some of the people we spoke to there were indicating that they had been to the polling station by uh, 3 o'clock in the morning, but uh, the queue was not moving as fast as they would have anticipated. But uh, there is another challenge that uh, we also realized that uh, some people who registered to vote in Harare are now finding their names uh, having been registered in Muzi, in Buera, in Lalapanti, in Matebeleland, and then being turned away. That has also happened in high-density areas like Kwazana and um, medium-density areas like Chadcom and uh, Hedfield. Uh, we asked um, Prime Minister Morgan Changrai what is uh, the, the, the next step with regards to the issue of uh, certain polling stations not having a voter's law, a hard copy of the voter's law by as early as 8 o'clock in the morning with certain people being turned away. Then the Prime Minister said that is the law of the Zimbabwe Electoral Commission and that if that continues, therefore, uh, it means that uh, uh, these uh, elections are a sham. 
Well, Simon, it does in, in, uh, really does sound like there are some incidents that are taking on sporadically. Now, we do know that um, latest reports have revealed that the Zimbabwean police are investigating now the theft of voters' role in the country's Midlands province. Anything, um, do you have any news on this regard? Uh, sorry, can you ask again the question? Uh, police, they've been reports that the police in Zim are investigating theft over voters' roles in the country's Midlands province. Do you have any updates in this regard? Political parties have actually complained about the, the issue of the voters' role. There are certain police stations where the voters' role is still in there. Uh, in other police stations, they are supposed to have three uh, voters' roles, but they have one voters' role whereas other politicians are using a, an electronic mob, uh, voters' roll uh, on the computer and people's names are not being found there. So I think at the end of the day we might uh, see that uh, these uh, candidates and uh, uh, political parties contesting these harmonized elections might go to the uh, constitutional court to challenge the, all these irregularities. With some police officers who are supposed to be voting in the special vote, have actually, be, actually been crammed in certain police, police stations, uh, like in one place, uh, that has actually resulted in huge uh, numbers of people turning out to vote in those uh, police stations, whereas they were supposed to, to vote uh, two weeks ago. So the challenge now with those uh, police officers having been saved to vote two weeks ago and without a, a voter's law, it is very difficult now for people to tell who voted on what day and who is supposed to vote today. So at the end of the day, we might see that uh, this uh, electoral process is going to be challenged. But so far, so good. The city of Harare is quite a uh, public holiday. Uh, there is no business except the voting process which is taking place in various centers throughout the entire country. Now, Simon, just before we let you go, what's the general sentiment of the people who are on the ground? I mean, for those people who have found themselves having registered in Harare, but now their names enlisted elsewhere in the country, what's the general sentiment around these obstacles that they find themselves having to endure this morning? It's generally uh, despair and embarrassment because uh, some of these people actually killed for them to be registered in the first place in Harare, they have got slips uh, as indication that they were registered during the mobile voter registration which took place uh, some uh, a month ago. But when they go to the polling station with the slip, they now realize their names are now appearing in Matebeleland. They, re- they registered their names in Harare. But they are disappointed because they have been at the polling stations by around 4 a.m., only to be told their name is not arrived on the voters' row by around 10 a.m. So they are very disappointed. The political parties, some of them were not even aware. We are the people who actually told them. But the observers are there and they are noting everything that is happening. But definitely we just hope that this is just a drop in the ocean and not everybody is going to be affected by this scenario. And uh, Simon, just lastly, have you been able to vote? Uh, uh, <laughs> that's a very difficult question to me because uh, I'm one of those people who was actually disenfranchised because uh, they said I was an alien and uh, even though I was born in Zimbabwe. So for me to, to be registered 
to vote. It, it was also a difficult process, and as a result, I did not manage to, to register, and I'm not voting today. Well, thank you very much, Simon, for just giving us an update of what's happening. And I'm sure that um, throughout um, the different um, shows here on Channel Africa, we'll be uh, speaking to you where you will be updating us on exactly what's taking place there on the ground in Zimbabwe. Thank you for your time and we appreciate it. Thank you so much. That is Simon Machemwa, our correspondent in Harare there in Zimbabwe, just citing some of the problems that are occurring this morning, telling us about people who are telling us about people who have registered in the uh, in Harare particularly, but who have come this morning to actually vote and have been told that their names are appearing elsewhere in Zimbabwe as opposed to where they had initially registered. So he cited some frustration there on the ground, but says that there is nothing happening there. It's a public holiday, but the voting that is happening in Zimbabwe. Well, our, our conversation continues here on African Dialogue after this. Channel Africa and Topcom Media brings you the 10th anniversary of the Top Women Awards. As part of Women's Month celebrations, these awards recognize organizations that empower women in business and government across the African continent. Channel Africa as a broadcast partner is sponsoring the African SMME Award to the Best Performing Enterprise. The award ceremony is taking place on the 2nd of August 2013 at the Sentinel Convention Center in Johannesburg, South Africa. Stay tuned as we will be speaking to some of the successful women entrants. For more information, visit the Channel Africa website on www.channelafrica.org. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Welcome back to African Dialogue here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. My name is Zikon Amiso, and today we are discussing the elections that are currently underway in Zimbabwe. A big thank you to Simon Muchema, our correspondent there in Zimbabwe this morning, just before the break, who was giving us a breakdown of exactly what is taking place at this very moment in Harare there as the elections are underway. Now, a little later on the show, we will be crossing over to our reporter, Chris Lewis, who is currently in Bulawayo in Harare, to get a sense from her regarding what the situation is like in that part of the country. And while at this time, I'd like to once again welcome our guests who are on the line just to share their sentiments with us here on African Dialogue this morning. Now, on the line, we've got uh, Pilani Ndebele, who's the Action Support, uh, who's with the, the Action Support Center at the Secretariat of the Regional Zimbabwe Solidarity Forum. We've got Wellington Zindabwe, who's a national coordinator of the uh, Zimbabwe Youth Forum, and also Ronald Muringai, who is a Zimbabwean national based in South Africa. Uh, good day, uh, Pilani. Well, thank you. Pilani, you heard some of the sentiments that we were getting from Simon Muchema, who is a correspondent on uh, just on the ground there at Harari. What are your sentiments around some of the things that are happening this morning? Let me start by saying that uh, actually Simon gave a summary of, of the report that we have received just now from, from the, the regional Zimbabwe Solidarity Forum election observer team that is stationed in, in Harare and Blue Air. So I think um, he alluded to quite a lot of issues that they have raised, and we, we are now saying that it is correct because we're having... 
Well, we seem to have lost uh, Pilani Ndebele there. Uh, Ronald, are you on the line? Uh, Ronald? Wellington, are you there? Well, we seem to have lost our guest just for a moment there. Please do bear with us and apologies for that uh, sound, which is uh, the engaged sound of the telephone. Time has just gone 19 minutes. That's after 11 Central African time here on African Dialogue. And, of course, we are discussing the issue which the whole world is looking at very closely today. And that is, of course, the elections which are currently underway in Zimbabwe. Now, you'll remember that in the past few weeks, there have been some quite, quite some tensions around these uh, particular elections, uh, particularly between the two um, uh, oppositions, namely that is Robert Mugabe's ZANU-PF as well as Morgan Shangarai's movement for democratic change. Now you'll remember before that that there were some issues around the eve, the election date in itself with uh, the movement for democratic change, citing that this is not enough time for things to go underway in terms of the elections. Uh, they had hoped that there would be some reforms that would take place before the elections uh, kickstart and there were some proposed dates which would be later on in the year but the court did decline that which um came to this point where uh, July the 31st, which is this very day, was then set as the National Election Day there in Zimbabwe. Now, this morning we spoke to our reporter, Simon Muchemo, who is on the ground there in Harare, just telling us about some of the problems that people are encountering this morning. He was telling us about people who had registered in Harare and were told this morning after standing in a queue that their names are appearing elsewhere in the country and not in Harare where they had registered. So Simon was just telling us around some of the frustration that those people are feeling this morning and the problems that they are encountering around trying to vote this morning. Now later on the sh- in the show we will also be crossing live to our reporter Chrisalda Lewis who is currently in Bulawayo in Harare. She'll also be giving us a sense of what is happening on the ground there in Zimbabwe with regards to these elections. It seems we do have our guests back on the line at this moment. I just want to check if we have Pilani. Pilani, are you back online? Yes, I'm back, yes. Yes, Pilani, you were telling us uh, about how uh, Simon was giving a sense of exactly what it is that's taking place. What are your sentiments in your view about some of the problems that have been encountered this morning? I believe that uh, the problems are, are, are legitimate as, as Simon has, has confirmed because we also received similar report from our regional uh, election observer that is based in in Blue and Harare, and uh, maybe to add on 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 some of the issues that he raised, uh, even the the ballot paper itself, we have received reports that it's not it's not in the in the in the in in, in, in its proper form. For example, the certain pictures for for certain candidates they they are faded. The others are more are more vivid, and even the text of of the presidential candidates, some of them are bold and some of them are are, are used in small text. So this is basically done in order to 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 attract a specific um, electorate and 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 and, and disempower others. So I think these reports are very are very correct and are and are legitimate. The issue of people not getting their names and missing in the voters' row or being told that they, they, are, they are registered in a polling station that is 5,000 kilometers away. Those are some of the, re- the reports that we, we, we have obtained from, from our regional observer mission. And also we, we, we noted that there is also a, a massive presence of, of intelligence around the, the polling stations 
we got reports from uh, from our observers on the ground that the, 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 the regime is beefing up intelligence in terms of monitoring who is close to, to the polling stations, who is going in and who is coming out, and what type of observers are going through and all those things. And I think you also are aware that uh, three of our three of our 15 delegation were turned away yesterday after them being deport, detained for six hours. So I think it's, it's a strategy by the regime to make sure that uh, the people don't get alternative information, especially the information that uh, I, I am alluding to here and the information that Simon just gave us. Well, that is Pilani Ndebele there, who is with the Action Support Centre at the Secretariat of the Regional Zimbabwe Solidarity Forum. Now, Pilani, any any idea as to why some of your um, uh, people from the Observer Mission were kicked out? Uh, let, let me let me emphasise that um, it's not our first time to to send a delegation of observers drawn from the region. We did so in 2008, and we also did did so during the, the, the March referendum. So we know the processes and we engaged with all the processes on time. All these people were accredited and we received an official confirmation that all our members or our representatives have been accredited. But unfortunately, we, in fact, strategically, we sent them in, 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 in different groups. So we believe that those that managed to enter the country, they actually didn't indicate that they, they will be observing the elections. They signed as visitors and, 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 and other issues, and they gave uh, some addresses that could not be traced. Unfortunately, these three indicated that they are, they are in to, to observe, and it wasn't wrong for them to say so because it, it was legitimate for them to say so because they are accredited. But unfortunately, they were held for no other reason except that uh, the, the airport officials were now requesting a letter from the Department of Foreign Affairs endorsed or signed by, by Patrick Chinamasa. So all the observers that were getting through, no, letter, no, no such thing was requested. It's only for these three that we, they had to, 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 to request such a letter. And we also learned that um, these officials that were, were actually detaining our observers they were wearing ZANU-PF badges and regalia, and it's, it's, it's strange for airport officials to, to operate in, in such state. So we think that it was a deliberate attempt to, to make sure that they are not allowed in the country. Because we have done all the necessary things. They were officially accredited and everything was, was intact. Well, it does indeed seem like there's a lot going on around these uh, particular elections, a lot of issues that are mushrooming up today as the Zimbabwean citizens um, cast their votes today in the country. Now, we also do have on the line Teseke Kasambala, who's the Southern Africa Director of the Africa Division at Human Rights Watch. Now, Teseke, our reporter Simon Machemo, who's on the ground in Harare, as well as Pilani, have cited just a few issues that have been uh, uh, cropping up this morning as people uh, prepare to vote. Some people not appearing on the voters' roll, uh, police investigating uh, stolen voters' rolls, and just a lot of problems that are happening um, around these elections. What's your uh, sense of these uh, developments? Well, you know, I don't. it's not very surprising that we're having these problems um, on election day because... Some of these problems were highlighted um, in the days leading up to elections. Some of them have been highlighted in the months um, leading up to these elections. Our organization, Human Rights Watch, um, expressed its concerns 
about the lack of um, certain human rights reforms and institutional reforms on the ground in Zimbabwe. Um, we also expressed our concerns about the voters' role, and this has been an ongoing issue in Zimbabwe for many years now, the fact that it hasn't been updated. And the fact that it was only released on the eve of the polls is highly problematic, and that's why we're seeing people being turned away, because uh, it wasn't properly audited. Um, it was only released initially in hard copy, which makes it very, very difficult to search and look and see if there are any sorts of irregularities. And this was something that was in breach uh, of the law. Zimbabwe's own electoral act called for this voter's law to be released within a reasonable time after an election is called, um, and that the Zimbabwe Electoral Commission must provide every party that intends to contest the election um, and any election observer who requests it with one copy of the voter's law to be used in the election. Um, this did not happen. Um, and it's only after pressure from the SADC head uh, of the Electoral Observer Mission that this role was finally released um, on the eve of the poll. So these type of problems, we, we could see them coming um, way ahead of time. But of course, um, ZANU-PF and its allies refused to actually in institute the proper reforms that would have made this election uh, one that was free, fair and credible. Now, Tseke, you've cited a lot of problems in addition to what Simon and Pilani have already alluded to. Now, what does all of these problems, what do they actually do for the credibility of these elections? Well, you know, they'll certainly have an impact on the on the outcome of the results. When you go back to the voters' roll and the allegations that there are up to a million dead people on that roll, that is a number that could have a significant impact on the election figures. Um, when, when, when the figures actually tallied, announced the results. Um, at the same time, the lack of uh, institutional reforms, the fact that the security forces um, remain very powerful in Zimbabwe and continue to, have continued to interfere in the political affairs of the country, only serves to intimidate the Zimbabwean population. Um, and again, that sort of intimidation could have an effect on the numbers that will come out today to vote, in particular in the rural areas, um, and how they vote. So. Yes, there certainly are a lot of issues that have been highlighted in the build-up to this election um, that make the issue of credibility very, very questionable. Well, well, let's take a sense of what's happening there on our Twitter feed here. Um, there is one of our listeners who is in Zimbabwe at the moment, that is William Lunga, who is saying that uh, apparently uh, there are some people who are not being, uh, people with uh, nail varnish are not being allowed to vote um, in North Park, that is in Zimbabwe. And uh, he's asking whether this is happening elsewhere in the country where people with nail varnish are not allowed uh, to vote. There's also some of our people, one of our listeners, uh, tweeting that they saw a name of their grandfather who died over 10 years ago on one of the lists. So these are just some of the problems, just alluding to some of the problems which have already been cited. So to you, our listener, you're more than welcome to interact with us. What are your views? Are you in Zimbabwe today and voting um, during these elections? You may Add your views on our Facebook page or you can tweet us at Channel Africa One using the hashtag African Dialogue or you can simply SMS to plus two seven eight two three three two five nine zero five. That brings the time to thirty minutes after eleven. That is Central African time. My name is Zikona Miso. Let's just go into a short break. To you our guests, please do stay on the line. We'll continue our discussion after this. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite.
from an African perspective. Listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese, and Chinyanja. Informing the world about Africa. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Welcome back. This is African Dialogue here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. My name is Zikon Amisa, and currently we are on the frequency 9625 kilohertz. That's on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. Now, do remember, on the show today, we're discussing an issue which has uh, the whole world's eyes watching as to what's going to happen there. That is the elections, of course, which are currently underway in Zimbabwe. Now, one of our guests on the line is Ronald Muringai, who is a Zimbabwean national who is actually based in South Africa. Ronald, are you in South Africa or Zimbabwe at the moment? Uh, good morning, Zikona. Good morning to your listeners as well. I'm currently in South Africa, let me say. Now, why are you not in Zimbabwe voting this morning, Ronald? I was actually on my way there. Thanks for asking that question. Uh, and I think it was on Friday when I was supposed to be taking my bus to Zim when I got about 10 calls from my mom, who's currently based in the UK herself, see how split our family is, begging me really not to go there on her concerns of safety and all that jazz. And of course, it's a very tall man. You can think, you know, is it really worth listening to and obeying this instruction or, or do whatever you like? And hey... I guess with this woman's intuition thing, I just thought, rather, let me not go and, you know, listen to mom for once. <laughs> now, Ronald, when you're listening to our discussion here this morning and you uh, hear our reporters on the ground um, in your uh, in your home, you know, in, in Zimbabwe, uh, talking about some of the discrepancies that are cropping up this morning around the elections, how does that make you feel? I guess there is nothing new, really, because Mugabe and his government have pretty much been doing this for all the elections as much as I've known. Uh, you'll recall from the year 2000, after the referendum they lost um, for the new constitution, there was a wave of retribution of violence and all that just that came along with that. And I think every election since that has just has been characterized by the kind of chaos that is being reported you know, by the people on the ground today and has been reported before, you know, the voters roll, the reforms and all that jazz. That's stuff that we're expecting from Mugabe. But I think, suffice to say, the hope is that beyond that, I think there is enough of a ground source support currently in Zim to actually overcome all of those challenges. And I'm really, really looking forward to a new dispensation coming tomorrow. Now, Ronald, as somebody who had wished, you know, who had the hopes of voting, as you say, that you were on your, actually on your way home, but because your mom was giving you alarm bells ringing, saying, no, do not go, because um, she feared violence uh, would um, be happening there in Zimbabwe. Now, how does it make you feel to be in South Africa at this very time? I mean, you know that the whole world is uh, closely watching the developments happening in Zimbabwe, and now to be, I'm sure you are glued to your television as you was telling you were telling us uh, earlier on as to see exactly what is happening there what are your thoughts at this very moment i think i can tell you that i'm very 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 disappointed because i would have loved to be one of those people making it different you see 
This election is different, man. It's almost embarking back on to 1980, which, by the way, I wasn't born then, you know, when Mugabe first became head of government. So uh, there was the sense that, you know, this is a new beginning. There's enough, like I said, ground for support to the people I've spoken to, the people I've spoken to here in South Africa who left as well in the past week to go and vote. There's such a belief and such a understanding that this election makes is the one that's going to make a difference. So to be here sitting in someone else's country when my country is going under such a transition is really, really disappointing, I can tell you that. So, yeah, I wish and I would really rather want to be in Zimbabwe right now. And I can say maybe if Changrai does win, maybe I will still just go there for the celebrations either way. Well, that is Ronald Muringai, a Zimbabwean national who is based in South Africa, who was initially on his way home uh, to Zimbabwe, but um, for reasons uh, known to him and his mother, he uh, turned back and decided not to go at this time, not to cast his vote. And that now takes us to 25 minutes before the top of the hour here on African Dialogue, where we are discussing, of course, the elections that are currently underway in Zimbabwe. Now, Ronald, one last question uh, to you. Um, not too long ago, there were reports that um, uh, uh, Zimbabwean President uh, Robert Mugabe was saying that um, the economy of South Africa is run a lot by Zimbabwean nationals who are currently in, based in South Africa. What are your thoughts around this? I think that is a gross exaggeration, Zikona. To a large extent, there is a number of Zimbabweans that are in this country. Everybody knows. Every street corner, you will find a Zimbabwean. Every engineering firm, you will find a Zimbabwean. So from the top of economic structures right down to the bottom, there is a Zimbabwean involved somewhere. But to say that we are running the economy of Africa is a gross exaggeration, really. And besides that, his point maybe was just in as much as he's trying to poke fun at some of us who are in the diaspora, he should actually be asking himself the question, why are we here in the first place? Who wants to be working in another person's country and developing another person's economy when we could be doing that in our own country that we love? So that, that I can really take with just a pinch of salt and a laughter, as corner, but really it is exaggerated, I can tell you. Well, thank you, Ronald, for your sentiments there. Now, let's move to Wellington Zindalwe, who is the national coordinator of the Zimbabwe Youth Forum. Now, Wellington, there have been some reports that young people in Zimbabwe do not necessarily have an interest in voting. Is this a fair analysis? I think that's uh, far from reality. I think a lot of work has been done. I mobilizing young people. I think uh, develop interest and also go out and vote, particularly at 10 a.m. So what we are currently seeing is that uh, I think from just the you know, analysis of uh, the demographics on the on the queues, you see that there are a lot of young people who are intending uh, to vote. So I think uh, this election is quite different in as far as the interest that young people have developed uh, in it is concerned. So I think they, they are quite a big factor and they are going to determine uh, who is going to be the next president or the next government uh, in this country. But of course, like other previous speakers have mentioned, they are also uh, coming, and this is also coming with uh, numerous frustrations. <laughs> I like to say that uh, most of them registered uh, towards the end of uh, the compulsory mobile registration exercise. This, this exercise was also mad with a lot of uh, irregularities uh, to the effect that uh, they are not quite seeing uh, their names on the photo so, uh, at the moment. So they are also facing numerous I think frustrations as they try to uh, cut their votes. At one point, they successfully, after waiting for long hours in the queues, uh, successfully were able to uh, register as prospective voters. But at the moment, 
they are not able to locate uh, their names like what other previous speakers actually are. Well, if we look back on our Twitter feed there, people are tweeting. They are using the hashtag African Dialogue uh, to share their sentiments with us here on the show, as well as the hashtag Zim Elections, which has got everybody abuzz on the social networks. If you're more inclined to Facebook, you may also send your comments to us. That is on our fan page there on Facebook, or you can easily SMS us to plus two seven eight two three three two five nine zero five. And I think if we check on Twitter, there's quite a few people who are tweeting about people that have been uh, deceased for a while, uh, seeing them appearing on these lists as a uh, reporter, Simon, cited there. These are just some of the issues that are plaguing the Zimbabwean elections this morning. So, um, And somebody just tweeting there that vendors are wishing they have Zim elections every day because apparently business is quite good this morning for them. That is, of course, uh, with people standing in lines and queuing to be able to cast their vote. So I think that some people are using this also as a business opportunity to try and uh, make some money and just taking full um, uh, control or rather uh, uh, control over the situation that's taking place there. So that's just what's happening there on our Twitter feed. A lot of people posting pictures of themselves having voted. Uh, some people also alluding to um, our, our previous listener who talked about uh, people with nail varnish not being allowed to vote. So uh, he was asking there whether this is happening anywhere else as opposed to where it was happening in his uh, region where he was voting. So there's a lot happening around these elections. Now, Tiseke Kasambala, who's the Southern Africa Director of the Africa Decision uh, Division rather of the Human Rights Watch, is also joining us here on the line. Tiseke, what's the role of the AU and SADC when it comes to these, uh, these elections and the problems that are arising there? Well, the AU and SADC will play a very important role um, in monitoring and assessing these elections. Um, and it's our hope that they will not um, whitewash these elections um, if they're flawed and endorse them. Because, you know, they're the, they're the, theirs is the largest group. The Southern African Development Community has 600 electoral observers on the ground in Zimbabwe at the moment. The AU has 60. And then we have other international observers from Cuba, Iran, and China. While the EU and the, the U.S. have not been allowed to send in their own observers. So it is our hope that the SADC will, will, will declare the outcome of these elections in a manner that is very transparent and in a manner that actually reflects what's been going on on the ground. Previously, they have not done this, especially during previous elections. Um, in 2008, as, as you may well know, when Morgan Shangirai withdrew from the, the runoff because of the widespread violence that was being perpetrated by Zanitia supporters and soldiers, um, instead of coming out publicly and, and declaring the um, presidency of uh, Robert Mugabe null and void, what they actually did is they pushed through this government of national unity, which in some ways, yes, stabilized the country, but in other ways um, did not reflect the will of the Zimbabwean people. So what we'd like to see now is an election outcome that actually reflects the will of the Zimbabwean people and um, sadic statements that actually reflect what's been taking place on the ground in Zimbabwe on election day, in the build-up to the elections, on election day, and in the days after the election.
Well, thank you to Tiseke. I'm just going to ask now our other guests just to give us 10 seconds of their closing remarks for today's discussion around the elections which are currently underway in Zimbabwe. Unfortunately, we don't have the luxury of time because we could go on and on until the rest of the day. But unfortunately, we don't have that luxury of time. So over to you. I'm going to start with you, Ronald. Just give me 10 seconds of your closing remarks as we close today. Thank you very much. I'm really hoping that this marks a new beginning for our country. I hope that people are voting and voting as they would love to for a new Zimbabwe. Thank you, Ronald Muringai, who's a Zimbabwean national based in South Africa. Wellington, over to you. Closing remarks? Yeah, thank you very much. I think I would urge Zimbabweans uh, to continue um, to go out and vote in large numbers and, of course, uh, say that in the credibility test of this election is heavily compromised by the unavailability of the voter flow. I think we are going to see a lot of issues arising because of um, uh, the, the lack of voter uh, flow, uh, particularly the political party. And over to you, Pilani. Uh, as the Zimbabwe Solidarity Forum, we would like to say the solutions to the complex challenges in Zimbabwe must be owned and be driven by the people of Zimbabwe. And from the region, we'll continue to, to, to build and deepen a culture of people-to-people solidarity. Well, at this time, I'd just like to thank all our guests for joining us today to discuss this interesting, very interesting elections which are currently underway in Zimbabwe, which have the global eye on them, where everybody is wanting to see exactly how things will unfold after today. We thank you very much to you, Ronald, Wellington, Pilani and Tuseke for joining us here on African Dialogue and appreciate your time. Well, thank you to our guests. And that brings us to the end of uh, today's discussion around the elections in Zimbabwe. Be sure to tune in to Channel Africa all day today, as, of course, we will be giving you updates every hour on the hour as to exactly what is taking place there in Zimbabwe. But for now, it's time for us to check what's happening in our economics with Wisani Matebula. Good morning, Zikona. The South African Reserve Bank is concerned about keeping inflation within its 3 to 6% target bent and about pricey labor bills fanning inflationary pressure in Africa's largest economy. The Reserve Bank Governor Joe Marcus says uh, reducing chronic unemployment was one of the country's most pressing policy objectives and that South Africa needed to diversify beyond the mining sector that has traditionally accounted for about 4 to 6% of the economy. Government data a day earlier showed that unemployment was at 25.6% in the second quarter and about 4.7 million South African jobs seekers were without work. Meanwhile, South Africa Standard Bank is in an advanced talks to sell its London commodity trading business to its biggest shareholder, Industrial and Commercial Bank of China. The deal will mark the latest move by Africa's top bank to hive of business outside the continent as it focuses on building its presence in fast-growing sub-Saharan African markets. Talks between uh, Standard Bank and ICBC will which owns about 20% of the Johannesburg-based lender, are said to be progressing very well.
Equity Bank and Airtel Kenya have entered into a partnership that will offer comprehensive mobile commerce solutions to their customers in Kenya through Airtel Money. The service available to all Equity Bank customers with Airtel Lines will enable customers from both Airtel and Equity Bank to access Airtel mobile banking platforms. Airtel Money will also enable customers to pay their utility bills, receive bank transaction alerts check account balance and receive mini statements among other services. Zimbabwe's Minister of Indigenization, Xavier Kaswakwere, is confident his ZANU-PF party will win the elections today and intensify plans to take over controlling stakes in banks and other key institutions. Kaswakwere, an ally of President Robert Mugabe, has become the face and driving force behind the controversial indigenization program. It's been scaring off investors, causing direct foreign investment to plummet by about three quarters by this year alone. And they're looking at the market. Uh, the dollar now at 9.8 to the rand at 0.65 to the British pound and at 0.75 to the euro. One US dollar with 8.38 Botswana Pules and 5.44 Zambian Quaches. Moving on now to commodities, gold trading at $1,331, platinum. It's at $1,439 a fine ounce, and the price of Brent crude oil remains unchanged from uh, last week at $107.75 per barrel. This is your economics news for now. I'm back in an hour's time with another update. Well, thank you to Wisani Matebula there for that economics update. Do remember that you're still tuned in to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. This is African Dialogue. And of course, today we were discussing the elections that are currently underway in Zimbabwe. Remember, the dialogue never stops here. You can continue to send those SMSs with your sentiments coming through. That is to plus two seven eight two three. 325905 that's plus 27823325905 and of course if you are voting or if you have voted we'd like to get a sense of what that experience was like for you as you were in those queues or if you've encountered problems much like our reporter Simon Machema in Harare cited that are things that are happening there in Zimbabwe this morning but with that it's time for us to check what's happening in our sports with Tami Kuza In your sports, the management of Nigerian Rangers International Football Club of Enugu has announced yesterday that it has concluded plans to take the club's disqualification from this year's CAF Confederations Cup to the Court of Arbitration for Sports in Switzerland. This after the Confederation of African Football CAF said Rangers' appeal was not admitted on technical ground. CAF had disqualified the Nigerian club for the second tier Confederations Cup on the basis that it fielded an ineligible player, Daniel Emmanuel, a goalkeeper in their final qualifier against the Sfashen of Tunisia. However, as a result of the ruling, Sfashen replaced the Nigerian club in the mini-league semi-final of the Confederations Cup. They have since played their first game in the series against fellow Tunisian club Etual Tusahil. Mali's study in Mali and St. George of Ethiopia are also in the same group. 
The Confederation of African Football CAF has also rejected Al Ahly's request to postpone their CAF Champions League game against Orlando Pirates that will be played on the 4th of August to the 9th to avoid the Ramadan fasting. Al Ahly football director Saeed Abdil Hafiz told Egyptian media on Sunday that the club wanted to play the game five days later to avoid the problems that the players have since they are facing their recent Champions League tie against Samalek. The Cairo club must also find a new venue for the Group A feature after the military owners of the Air Defence Stadium in the capital city refused to host the game. And now in local football, Kaiser Chiefs midfielder Sebangangosi says his team is determined to start its new season with a bang when the MTN 8 competition gets underway next weekend. They begin their pursuit of the MTN 8 trophy against the prize package University of Pretoria next weekend. Kosi says it's a fantastic opportunity to do well and start the new season positively by winning the first cup of the 2013-2014 season. We are ready for the start of the season because we have ambitions also, like just like we did last season. We sat around as players and we discussed our ambitions and uh, we were able to achieve, uh, even if we didn't uh, achieve all of them because we wanted to win everything last season. But we, were happy with, we are happy with what we achieved and even this season we, we also have ambitions which is to win everything and we are ready for it. MTN's chief marketing officer Brian Gold is positive that this competition will set the scene for the great season that lies ahead. It's a, it's a great platform to determine how the season will go and they're playing against the, the best clubs in, in the league. So um, the, the, the reality is that in terms of the, the most exciting tournament right at the beginning, I think it really sets the scene for the, for the, for the season ahead. In cricket news, former South African fast bowler Makai Antini has criticized the approaches for poor display in the one-day series in Sri Lanka. The Sri Lankans have an unassailable lead, which is 3-1 in the five-match series heading into today's final game in Colombo. And that game has started as we speak. And the uh, Sri Lankans have won the toss and they've decided to bowl first. And the score is 39-1. for one. And now in hockey, the South African women's under-21 hockey team beat Canada 6-3 in their final bullpen match to advance to the quarterfinals of the Women's Junior World Cup in Germany yesterday. They finished second in their group and will face defending champions the Netherlands tomorrow morning. Coach Lindsay Rice charges were disappointed to go into the half-tie break 11-on-1-all after Priya Radawa equalized for Canada from open play. And finally, with swimming, South African swimmers Cameron van der Berg, Julio Zozi, and Chad Leclerc have all qualified for the finals at the World Swimming Championships in Barcelona last night. Van der Berg and Zozi qualified for today's men's 500 meter breaststroke final, while Chad Leclerc is the favorite in the 200 meters butterfly final. Leclerc, who stunned the swimming world last year at the Olympics when he beat US swimming star Michael Phelps to win the gold in the 200 meter butterfly, was the fastest qualifier with a time of 1 minute 55.33 seconds. And that's your sports. Tamikuza, back to the corner, Miso.
Well, thank you to Tammy Kuza for that sports update here on African Dialogue on Channel Africa. And with that, it brings us to the end of this installment of African Dialogue. We'd like to once again thank our guests for joining us today and, of course, discussing what is happening in Zimbabwe right now, which is currently the elections. People are heading to the polls to cast their votes. But do remember that the dialogue does not stop here, though. Be sure to communicate your views with us on Facebook and Twitter or SMS to plus two seven eight two three three two five nine zero five. Remember that African Dialogue comes to you every Monday to Thursday at 1100 hours Central African time. From me, Zikon Amiso, it's adios until tomorrow. Next up is Africa Midday.